we sing songs that try to help us with this. A saint is just a sinner who falls down and get up. A saint ain't no sinner falling down and keep getting up. That's not biblical. The Bible says we ought to pray for him to keep us from falling. But when you tell me all I can do is just keep falling and getting up, guess what you're going to keep doing? Falling. And you're going to find some places you want to fall in. A saint is just a sinner who falls down. No, a saint is a saint. A saint is not a sinner. This is Jerry G. Martin, and welcome to the light of the world. The Apostle John says, You cannot walk in the light and walk in darkness at the same time. If you have come to know Christ, how are you walking? Today I'm sharing a message with you about walking in the light. That means how we live day by day. Come and go with us as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word. Now, there may be some people that tell you you can do all that and get away with it. The grace of God, the grace of God covers the grace of God. Yeah, the grace of God will cover you, but you ain't walking with it. He said, don't claim you have fellowship with it. Claim. So we sing songs that try to help us with this. A saint is just a sinner who falls down and get up. No, a saint ain't no sinner falling down and keep getting up. That's not biblical. The Bible says we ought to pray for him to keep us from falling. But when you tell me all I can do is just keep falling and getting up, guess what you're going to keep doing? Falling. And you're going to find some places you want to fall in. You ain't falling, you're jumping. A saint is just a sinner who falls down. No, a saint is a saint. A saint is not a sinner. A sinner is one who functions, who lives, who practices, and habitually sin. That's a sinner. I tell people, if you want to know how that functions, I went fishing one time in my life. I am not a fisherman. Yeah, I was out there and I threw out the rod and all that, but I'm not a fisherman. I don't have a license. I don't have a pole. I don't have a tackle box. I'm not a fisherman. You can sin as a believer, but you don't have a pole and a tackle box and a license. You're not a sinner. There's a difference between a sinner. I've been saved and set free from the bondage of sin. So I'm a saint. The Bible calls you a saint. You're not a sinner. So when somebody says, you're just a sinner, we're all sinners. No, we're not all sinners. Some of y'all looking like, oh, I want to be a sinner who's saved by grace. No, the Lord didn't say you're a sinner. Read the scriptures. Paul started off Corinthians says, to the saints in Corinth. And they were some of the people that had many issues. But he says, no, God stamped on your forehead. You are a saint. So start living like one. I'm just a sinner. No, then you're going to say, well, everybody do this because we just all sinners. No, he said, you're a saint. And John has said, if you claim what we're doing then, we say I'm a sinner, but we are claiming that we have fellowship with God. He said, now if you're going to claim that, you got to walk with him. Yeah. Now, if you're going to have fellowship with him, you got to walk with him. You can't run with the devil and walk with the Lord. John is dealing with this false teaching. You can do what you want to do and still have fellowship with God. See, the word fellowship has the primary meaning to have joint participation with someone else in things possessed in common by both of you. 
We have the same thing in common and we have joint participation in this. So we are in fellowship with one another. We, we have companionship. We have a camaraderie with each other. And this person claims that he says, you're claiming to have things in common with God. Common likes, common dislikes, common nature, common interests and activity, all of which we call fellowship. That's what you claim and you have with God. And this person is said to be walking in darkness, which is not in God, because God has no darkness in him at all. What do we mean when we say we're walking in darkness? Walking speaks of a lifestyle of habitual actions. I'm doing it over and over again. This person is sinning habitually, continuously. And that really shows that he is an unsaved person. Because John says that anyone who habitually, continually, as a matter of lifestyle and practice, sins, he has never known the Lord. It, don't, it doesn't matter whether you came up to the altar and said, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and he is Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm saved. Saying that doesn't save you. When you had a heart transfer and you got brought out of darkness to that marvelous light, there's something that happened in your life and that the Spirit of God came to take up residence in you. And John puts it this way. He was very clear. Now, you cannot continue in sin like that when the Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. If you continue, he didn't come on the inside of you. He made it came up over there next to you, but he didn't get in. You might have felt a little something. But he didn't move in and take up residence on the inside because he's saying the Holy Ghost will wear you out when you step out of line with God. You get in the darkness, the Holy Ghost says, we don't walk over there. Come on back over here in the light. And if there's nothing telling you to get back in the light, guess what? Ain't nothing in there. If you walk in the darkness, you'll be, yeah. I walk over here a while and I get back over here a while. Now, there's nothing in there. That's what John is saying. You can't live both ways. You can't do both things. You're a believer. If you're going to have fellowship with God, you will walk in the light. Now, he's not talking about being a church member. You can be a church member and go straight to hell. A lot of church members are going to hell because they don't know God. You can feel good all you want to. Will I go to church? No, the devil go to church. Well, I believe in God. The Bible says the devil believes, but at least he trembles. Some of us believe and we don't even tremble. The devil go to church, but he's scared that somebody might invite the power of God in. He go to some churches and say, God ain't showing up here. I can relax. <laughs> there are churches that God don't show up in because he's not invited in there. He's, the folks will be uncomfortable if the power of God come into church. Ooh, I don't know what's wrong with the folks now. Somebody jumped up and hollered and ran across the floor. Ooh, I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> John talks about this man. He said this man claims that he is in fellowship with God, but yet he's in darkness. He's talking about this man. Now, I don't know if this man also attends this church, but if you do, I'm telling you what John told them. Let me show you what this man looks like and how this man functions. This man orders his behavior and conducts himself in the sphere of darkness. His actions and words are encircled by sin. You're still comfortable 
in those dark places. I used to be comfortable in dark places. I got saved and I became uncomfortable in those dark places. It wasn't the same as what it was when I was in darkness. People say, you can't go to the club no more. And I thought, well, yes, I can. But if I went in there, it wasn't the same. I was uncomfortable. Why? Because the Spirit of God on the inside of me saying, what are you doing in here? Amen. You ever heard that? Now, why are you still trying to drink that and you said you got me on the inside? Now you're going to pour alcohol on top of me? The Holy Ghost on the inside. You're going to pour that whiskey down off in here while I'm in here? The Holy Ghost will tell you, you know, I, I don't smoke weed. The Holy Ghost will tell you that. When you get ready to roll that joint, he'll say, uh, you get ready to roll that joint, he'll say, I don't smoke weed. Oh, Lord have mercy. That's when the Holy Ghost is in there. Now, if you hear something say, yeah, that ain't the Holy Ghost. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> that ain't the Holy Ghost. <laughs> this man doesn't know that nothing of God's righteous or goodness enters that circle of sin which surrounds him. So the individual making the claim of fellowship with God while he, at the same time ordering his behavior within the sphere of sin is an unsaved person, if that's your practice and that's your lifestyle. Well, Pastor, I just can't stop doing the things I'm doing. You need to get saved. Let the power of the Holy Ghost break the power of sin in your life. I couldn't stop the things I was doing either. I'm going to be a better person. You can't be no better person without the power of the Holy Spirit coming in you. I'm going to stop lying. I'm going to stop cussing. I'm going to stop doing this. You can't stop that on your own. That's like a dog trying to stop barking. That's your nature until you get a new nature. You get a new spirit on the inside of you. So you can come in and you can feel good and you just know I need to be in a part of a church. Some people say, I just need to be in somebody's church. No, you don't need to be in somebody's church. You need to be saved. John said, that man making the claim he's lying. Then he talks about another man. He said, verse 3, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, he says, here's another person walking in the light. This person is a committed believer. For only committed believers are able to constantly and continually walk in the light. Walking in the light is living in the light. Walking in the light is obedience to the word of God. Walking in the light is obedience to the word of God. You don't say these words. I know what the Bible says, but... You don't say that when you're walking in the light. This is what the word of God says, and I need to order my life by the word of God. I need to make some changes. Walking in the light is fellowship with God. And then he said this, we have fellowship with one another. When you're walking in the light, you have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. How does that work? What does he mean? We have fellowship with one another. Who's the we? Me and God. That's who he's talking about. He's saying, if you say you have fellowship with God but walk in the darkness, you lie. And then he says, if you walk in the light, you have fellowship with him. So we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Now, when we get saved, 
we still have a sin nature. And we have an opportunity to miss God from time to time. It's not the way we function normally, but we still have the propensity. Being saved, although I said we're not sinners, doesn't mean that you are sinless. Being saved does not mean that you are sinless, but you sin less and sin less and less. There are things that will be revealed to you from time to time that you didn't even know was sinful, and then you cut it out. Anytime you do something that's disobedient to God or displeases God, it's a sin. And he points it out. There are sins of omission. There are sins of ignorance. I didn't know that. Now that I know that, I have to cut that out. There are sins that we know nothing about in our lives because we've not grown in grace enough to know that they are sins. We didn't know having this envy in our hearts was displeasing to God. We didn't know that having this unforgiveness, we didn't know that until we heard the word or we read the word and then we were convicted of our unforgiveness. We didn't even know that that was holding us back to the Holy Spirit reveals. You've got some things in your life that you need to adjust. You say, oh Lord, I didn't realize that. When we ask the Lord to turn the searchlight on us and we see some things that uh, we have not been aware of, we thought we were good, but the Holy Spirit said, you're slip hanging. You know how somebody else have to tell you that sometime because you didn't see it? And the Holy Spirit, I'd say, hey, you got your slip hanging. When we're in fellowship with God, when those things that come up that needs to be addressed, oh, the blood of Jesus just washes us and purifies us from all of those things as we recognize and give those to God, the blood of Jesus just washing and cleansing and purifying. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to be condemned. We don't have to feel bad about it. He said, just wash it and keep going. The blood of Jesus wash it. It got pointed out to you. You recognize it. You begin to address it. And he says, I watched that. Keep on going. See, enemy want to say, look at you. See, you're not even saved. Look at you. No, no, I'm saved. I just had an issue there. And I pointed it out. I got it straight and I keep going. There are people in the church who have a problem and then they find out that they're convicted by it. The Holy Spirit convicts. The devil condemns. The Holy Spirit convicts you of sin and he convicts you, you straighten it out and the devil wants you to stay right there. The Lord said, no, get on up. I still have anointed you. I still have called you. I still have chosen you. I got work for you to do. Get on up. The blood of Jesus washes and cleanses and purifies from all sin for those believers who are walking in the light. The devil wants you to be depressed and oppressed and, and feel like God can't ever use me. Oh, I got issues. No, that's got covered by the blood as long as you're walking in the light. These things would prevent our fellowship with God if this divine provision for the constant cleansing away of the defilement of sin in our lives was not taken care of by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's different from having a lifestyle of practicing and functioning and having habitual sins in your life. You just keep on doing it over and over and over. You're not trying to get it right. That person doesn't know the Lord. You can have people that are saved and they have some strongholds and things that have to be broken in their lives. They hate that. They're, they're wrestling with that. They're trying to give it to God. They need deliverance from it. And every time you get convicted by it and you're doing the best you can, the power of God and the blood of Jesus can break that thing and give you a freedom from that because you desire to walk in the light. 
John takes his first portion and says, you need to have fellowship with God. Every believer need to have fellowship with God. And this concept of fellowship was so strong, he says, and it does not end there. You also need to have fellowship with your other believers in your church. You need to have fellowship. Listen, you can't just come up in here and just you and your four and no more. You just want to sit here and just you. You don't want to say nothing to nobody. I ain't that kind of person. You know, I'm private. You going to be private when you get to heaven? I'm private, Lord. I Give me a place. Give me my mansion over there in the suburb in the corner. I want a country mansion with a porch outside and just me and my family. We're going to sit over here in heaven. We ain't going to say nothing to nobody. We private. We're introverts. Get delivered. We're the people of God. We're the fellowship. We got the same thing in common. You got a new family. When you come into the body of Christ, you have a new family. If you just private with your family, be private with your church family. We got a new family. We all have the same thing in common. Well, you're supposed to be sitting by me in heaven for an eternity. So why are you talking about you don't want to deal with these people? I don't want to deal with these people. They get on my nerves. Well, see, the thing about the family of God is just like a natural family. I have six brothers and one sister. I had no influence on either of them coming into the family. They got different personalities. They act different. Some of them will get on your nerve and whatever, but we all family. I had nothing to do with that. And I have nothing to do with who God saves. And you have nothing to do with who he saved. Just like you was messed up when he saved you, don't stay messed up afterwards. He saved you. He saved me. We got that in common. We got some work we need to do, but we're all in the same family. Look at what John said in chapter 2, verse 9. Anyone who claims, he's going back to this person who claims, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. And he's not talking about hate with this emotional vengeance. He's saying that's the opposite of love. If you don't love him, you hate him. <laughs> You tell me, well, I don't actually hate him. Well, do you love him? Well, I can't go that far. <laughs> Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded him. First, he says, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. This verse gives us another test to determine if we are walking in the light. It shows us how important it is to interact and become engaged with the person sitting next to you, sitting behind you, sitting around you, regardless of who they are. We're all in the light. We're all in the family of God. If we're not careful, church has, has taken on the climate of our society where it's just we get all separated, we get all involved in just what's for us and now we're getting to where people don't want to communicate with each other. They just are in their devices and they are not even talking to one another anymore. You can be in the same house and nobody's talking. I'm sitting on the same couch which I'm going to send you a text. <laughs> a few months ago I was, went to a doctor's office early and before the doctor got there, the door wasn't open. It's about six people standing outside of the doctor's office, and I was one. And I just made an observation. Everyone was in their device, and nobody said anything to anybody else. 
everybody, that I ain't, I'm not interested in saying hello or how are you or anything. I'm going right in here. And you'll bring that same mentality to church. I just came to hear the word and I'm going right back out the door. In fact, get out of my seat. I got a seat I like to sit in. I ought to just take all the chairs out and we just stand up one Sunday. Everybody just stand up and mill around during the service. You'd be like, oh, Lord, I don't know what's going on in here today. I ain't got my seat. I can't function. We'll fall into things and we'll, we'll make church becomes ritualistic and routine and whatever. The essence of church are people and fellowship and coming together and building up one another. Jesus said, by your love, folks will know that you are my disciple. The early church was known by the heathens for their love for one another, how they treated one another, how they engaged with one another. We want to be the same. We want to be engaged with each other. That's important. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing to make him stumble. Loving your brother is such a powerful undertaking. We are told that there is nothing in you which make you stumble as you are loving one another. In other words, when you're not loving one another, there are some things that's going on inside of you that's going to make you stumble. There's jealousy. There's envy. There's pride. There's all kinds of little attitudes that's in us when we don't love one another, when we can't spend time talking to one another and enjoying one another and just fellowshipping with one another. That's the issue there. That ain't church. If we don't enjoy one another, why even come together? Why even come together and talk about going to heaven and get your long white robe and you want to walk around heaven all day and all of this? We got to spend eternity together. We might as well start it right here. The essence of this word love that he used, loving one another, is this word agape, which is that self-sacrificial love that gives itself for the happiness and well-being of fellow believers. I'm going to sacrifice so that I can be a blessing to you. The fact that a Christian is habitually loving his brother with this kind of love is indicative of the close fellowship and dependence upon Jesus Christ. Now listen, it takes the Spirit of God and the power of God. This is why he put this in this category where we're walking with God. It takes the power of God to love all the folks in the church. You got to have an unlearning. To love all the folks in the church, you got to have an anointing. We get on your nerves. In order for everybody to love the pastor, there got to be an anointing. Because the pastor gets on your nerves. <laughs> Who said amen? <laughs> Come on, somebody point them out to me. <laughs> Who was that? They said amen loud. I ain't heard them say amen that loud the whole time. Who was that? <laughs> I love them anyhow. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you for joining us again on The Light of the World. And as we walk in the light, we know that Jesus Christ is the bread of life and that Jesus Christ can bring life to those things that have died in our lives, our hopes, our dreams, our future. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. If you would like to listen to today's message again in its entirety, you can go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily. 
with Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to the message you've just heard on this station, and you can listen to previous messages as well. Let me just take a moment to invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We're in North Houston at 16161 Old Humble Road. Pastor Jackie Martin is in a tremendous series, and you're going to enjoy the message, you're going to enjoy the worship, and the fellowship. Again, that's each Sunday at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're at a place where you're making a decision for Jesus Christ or you need someone to pray with you, call us right now at 281-964-1393. 281-964-1393. For those of you who are looking for a Christian bookstore, we have the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus. Call us at 281-441-2885 for Bibles, books, church supplies, communion supplies, and whatever you need. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.